0: Hey everybody! This is uh, Rick Countryman, um, and I'm uh, actually had some te- technical difficulties on the last broadcast, literally just about 20 minutes ago. So I'm redoing this. Okay, I'm redoing it. So um, grateful that you're with us, and thanks for your patience. I don't know. I've got all kind all of, I've had all kinds of problems since I've started this. Uh, as I said, this is here's the deal with Rick Countryman, and I. I'm just glad that you're joining us, whether you're watching live on the broadcast, or maybe you're listening to uh, the podcast, okay? And by the way, you can go to Apple Podcasts, you type in the search bar, here's a deal with Rick Countryman, and you can subscribe to the podcast, okay? There's only three on there. Uh, uh, Last week's will load up, I think today or tomorrow, so this is the fifth one, but If you subscribe to it, then you can get these podcasts and you can listen to them anytime that you want. If you have a question, all you got to do is email me at rickc at bbg.org, that's rickc at bbg.org, or text me or private message me or call me if you have my phone number and say, hey, here's a question I'd like uh, to deal with. I have tons of questions. I'm getting all kinds of great questions from, uh, from all of you, and I really, really dig reading your questions, thinking about them. And uh, so just, just, just send them to me, or call me, or if you see me at church, or somewhere in town at a grocery store, say, Hey, i got a question for you. And who knows, maybe your question will make it uh, live on the broadcast. So there are some things I'm looking at as we think about uh, next year, 2020, If God doesn't come back, some topics. And one of them, uh, a lot of you have been asking about divorce. What does the Bible say about divorce and remarriage, which might be equally important. What does the Bible say about remarriage if you're divorced? And we'll be tackling that subject sometime next year. Also, another topic we'll be looking at is how can a, a God who describes himself in the scriptures as a God of love, right? How could a God of love send somebody to hell? Wow, that's a great question. Okay, and there's an answer to it, but we'll be looking at that next year. Also, we're going to be talking about, you know, there's all of the, these genders out there. and what, would, what does the Bible have to say about all these genders? And that will be a hot topic, obviously. We're going to look at how do you confront somebody in your small group, someone in your neighborhood, a family member, a friend, your parents, who's all goofed up in sin or whatever, making bad decisions. How do, you, how do you have a conversation with them? How do you confront them on what they're doing? Anyway, those are some of the topics I think we'll be looking at. And then uh, even this week, i got a whole lot more, and uh, I'm super excited uh, uh, about that. So, uh, let me get right into this, okay? Um, there are, are, are uh, a couple things. I, I, or here's how I want to set this up, all right? So, in Isaiah chapter 7, okay, uh, uh, we're given a description of the Messiah who was going to come the the savior that was going to come it was going to be a sign if you will on, on how we would know that that's the person who's come to uh, be our savior the one who has come to um you know be the messiah and it says this in isaiah 7 verse 14 therefore the lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So one of the signs of, the, of this future Messiah who was going to come, according to Isaiah, the great prophet, was a virgin was going to be with child. Now when you get to the New Testament, when you get to Luke, in fact, we're celebrating Luke, what happens in Luke chapter 1, you know, this time of year, Christmas, we're, 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 we're told... About an angel that shows up to this young gal named Mary, and this angel tells Mary, Mary, you're going to have a child. And Mary says this in Luke chapter 1 and verse 34 How will this be? How am I going to have a child? How could I possibly be the one who's going to bring the, the Savior into the world or the Messiah into the world since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So in Isaiah chapter 7, we're told that the Messiah would come through the womb of a virgin. In Luke chapter 1, we get to meet that virgin. Her name was Mary. And we're told that the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and Mary has a child who is holy, who's the Son of God. What I want to deal with was, why is this so important to us as Christians? Why is the virgin birth so critical to us? And I want you to know, it is. It's super critical to us. We're living in a time, though, when there are some preachers. In fact, some very prominent preachers who will say, who will tell you who have preached, who have written on the fact that the virgin birth really doesn't matter all that much to us. The idea that a virgin could you know, get pregnant or that a God would come upon a virgin, it's, it's, too, it, it, it's just too ludicrous. And we don't have to believe in the virgin birth to uh, be Christians or to understand the faith. And, and I want you to know, to me, that's really, really dangerous. In fact, there was a, a young preacher that I used to listen to a lot, uh, maybe one of the finest speakers that I, I, I'd ever heard speak. This guy was really top-notch, and I'm not going to tell you who he is, because I don't want you looking him up. He made a bunch of videos, and he also wrote a bunch of books. And one of the books that he wrote, he actually says something like this, and I'm going to use my words, this is not a quote. But he said, hey, it doesn't really matter if Jesus was born of a virgin or not. It doesn't change Christianity. And I remember when I read that, I went, wow, this guy's really gone off the rails. I ended up throwing away his books and threw away his, uh, his you know, DVDs and videos and things because that's, really really dangerous and it's heretical because the bible is crystal clear in isaiah chapter 7 that the coming messiah was going to be from a virgin in luke chapter 1 the virgin's name was mary and we're told how that birth happened so obviously it's important but why why is it so important well, that's what I want to kind of unpack for you just really briefly. I have read I couldn't count how many books on the importance of the virgin birth. I, I couldn't tell you how many messages I've listened to on the importance of the virgin birth. And one of the things that I've noticed is, is that a lot of times uh, these preachers or authors can, can take something that's really weighty and just confuse people. They, they, they don't They don't make it easy to to understand. And this book wasn't written to trick anybody. God didn't want to trick anybody. He, He wrote it for you and I, and you don't have to have your PhD to understand it. So I just want to take a few minutes and unpack why the virgin birth is so important. Why God said through the prophet Isaiah, hey, here's a sign. There's going to be a virgin, and she's going to give birth to the Messiah. Why in Luke chapter 1 we're told that Mary was a virgin and that the Holy Spirit came upon her and she gave birth. I want to talk about why that's so important and why it's important for you as, as a Christian that you would understand this, okay? So here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk through, just quickly, a few scriptures with you. And the first is Genesis chapter 3, I often say that to me... The most important chapters in all of the Bible are Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. Because if you don't understand those first three chapters of Genesis, then you're not going to understand the rest of the Bible. It's almost impossible to understand the rest of the Bible if you don't understand Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. In Genesis 1 and 2, God creates everything. He creates the first human beings. And then in Genesis chapter 3, something cataclysmic happens. And that is the first human being ever created who was Adam sins against God. He disobeys God. And at that moment, something cataclysmic happened to Adam, to his wife Eve, and to every single person that's ever been born since. And that is, we all have what is called a sinful nature. Adam is the one who brought sin into the equation of life. In fact, Psalms 51, King David writes, I was shaped in iniquity and in in sin did my mother conceive me. And that doesn't mean that the act of David's mother and father having sex was sinful or evil? Of course, it's not. But what he's saying is, is that when conception happened, when his mother's microscopic egg and his father's microscopic sperm got together, at that moment, at that very moment when conception happened and life happened, and life was now growing within his mother's womb, there was sin. He was, it, there, we, we are all sinful from the very moment of conception. Okay, so at the moment of conception, to make sure you understand this, the genetic code is there for the color of your hair. The genetic code is there for how tall you'll be, how short you'll be, what color your eyes will be. It's all there at the moment of conception. But also what's present at the moment of conception is Sin. And it's all because of what took place in Genesis chapter 3. That's why when you get to Romans chapter 10, we're told, hey, or Romans chapter 3, verse 10, there's nobody righteous. There's nobody holy. There's nobody who's, who's, uh, who's perfect. All of us have sinned. All of us have this horrible disease called sin in our lives because of what took place in Genesis chapter 3. And David confirms that in Psalms 51 when he says that he was conceived in sin. And so throughout all of the Bible, one of the things that's clear is that all of us have a problem with sin, okay? Which is why from Genesis chapter 3 on, God says, I'm gonna send you a savior. I'm gonna send a messiah. I'm going to send somebody who will be able to take care of the problem of sin. Uh, In other words, God was going to send the vaccination to the disease that we have called sin. And so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through the book of Malachi. It's all about the Messiah was going to come. The Savior was going to come. And as I just shared in Isaiah chapter 7, God says, here's going to be a sign. That Savior, that Messiah, that Holy One would come, would be born of a virgin. And this time of year, as I said, we celebrate, right, that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. Today, this season is when we celebrate the fact that that long-awaited Messiah has now come into the world, or came into the world 2,000 years ago, right? That's what we celebrate. That's what Christmas is all about. Now, why is the virgin birth so important? Well, if Jesus, and we know he had a a human egg, right? That was Mary. If he has a human sperm, then he's human. And he now, just like King David, is conceived with a sinful nature. If Jesus has a human sperm, then guess what? Romans chapter 3 verse 10 applies to him. He's not righteous. He's not holy. He now has a sinful nature. Romans chapter 3, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Well, Jesus would fit into that category. If Jesus has a human father, a human sperm donated to Mary's egg, then his life doesn't mean anything. Certainly his death doesn't mean anything. His blood doesn't mean a thing. His blood would be like your blood. His blood would be like my blood. You see, our blood is tainted. It's not holy. It's not sacred. It's not righteous. Our blood has been tainted with sin. We needed a a perfect sacrifice. We needed a perfect lamb. If all we got was, you know, Jesus, whose mother was Mary and his father was Jimmy or someone like that, we're all still doomed. We're all still dead in our sin. The sacrifice that was going to take care of our sin had to be from a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice, a holy sacrifice, a righteous sacrifice. And that only happens if the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary in a very supernatural way, and we don't know how it all happened, okay? We don't. We just know that this virgin supplied an egg, and the Holy Spirit provided a sperm, a perfect sperm, if you will, and nine months later, in the town of David, the Holy One was born. Holy because He was different than you and I. We were conceived in sin. We were born in sin. We needed a perfect Savior, perfect sacrifice. So here's the deal. If Jesus isn't born of the Holy Spirit, if Jesus uh, is a... I'll put it to you this way. In other words, if Jesus just has a human father, then we're all still dead in our sins. And we... We're all doomed. And there's no point in celebrating this holy day coming up. Christmas. Because that baby born in that town called Bethlehem couldn't be the Savior. Couldn't be the Messiah. Because he just had a human father like you and I had. But he didn't have a human father. God was his Father. And he was holy and he was uh, uh, sacred. And he can be the, the Messiah, the Savior for all of us. And so... The virgin birth is absolutely critical uh, to us as believers. And I hope that somehow I was able to keep this super simple. I, I hope I didn't confuse you. I hope you have a better understanding of why the virgin birth is super, super important to us who name the name of Christ. Well, again, I just want to say Merry Christmas to you. And I will look forward to uh, being with you guys next Wednesday. Okay, blessings everybody, bye.